Hi, it's Andy, and welcome to the Hills Church Podcast. Our hope is that this will help your life and inspire your faith. Thanks again for checking us out. How's everyone doing? All good? All good? It has been a while since I've preached, so uh, who knows how this goes? Pray for me. Um, Andy is actually at Abbey Life Church today. It's their first Sunday. You might remember Darren and Suzanne Jennings were with us a few weeks ago talking about it. So I thought it'd be good if uh, they are meeting currently whilst we are meeting. So why don't we just pray for them together? So Father God, we just, uh, we just know that your heart is to reach people. And one of the best ways of reaching people is by starting churches. And uh, we know that your hand is on Darren and Suzanne's life and that you have called Abbey Life Church to be a beacon in Newton Abbey. So we just pray that for their service right now, that everything will run smoothly. We pray that people would meet with you for the first time. They'd reconnect with you. And we pray that it would be the start that would continue a momentum in Newton Abbey that would see the area changed. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, if you don't know who I am, because I haven't been up at the front in a while, or if you've been new over the last couple of weeks, or if you're new today, uh, I am Nathan, uh, the accent. I am not from around here. You might have noticed I'm originally from England, um, and, uh, and now we live just, just outside of Derry, um, and I am a firefighter. I've been, I've been a trained firefighter for a month, so uh, it's all new to me. So... If you want to know when my shifts are, I can let you know so you can have the best fire safety for those times so that I'm not the one that's responding to your calls. But um, So I've been in for the last month, had 18 weeks of training. That's why I've kind of not been speaking much or anything because of how intense that was. But fresh out of the training school. And uh, we've been doing over the last... Well, it started last week. So we've got a four-week collection of talks currently as a church. And it's looking in Mark 12, verse 30. Um, Victoria kicked it off last week. So let's just start off by reading that verse there. Mark 12, verse 30. The collection is called The Greatest Commandment, which was on the screen, I think, a second ago. It says this. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So it won't take a genius in the room to work out that it's four weeks because there's four different things that that verse highlights. So last week, we looked at loving the Lord your God with all your heart. If you didn't manage to come along last week, then you can catch up on the podcast. Um, And this week, we're going to do a little bit of soul searching. Doesn't that sound intense this morning? You weren't thinking that when you woke up, oh, I'm going to do some soul searching at church today. Um, I want to start by asking you a question. And that question is, when is the last time that you would say you gave your all to something? When's the last time that you could say that you gave your all to something? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you're nudging the person next to you saying, maybe you could give a bit more to the marriage. I'll leave that for the car on the way home. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it was at school. Maybe it was giving your all to not going to school when you were there. Uh, when's the last time that you gave your all to something? Like I just said, I was in the, um, I'm in the fire service. I'm just out of training school. And I can honestly say that those 18 weeks of training, I gave my all. Like it was, and, and I was surprised at the end of it what giving your all actually meant. Because I've been involved in jobs. I've been involved in certain aspects of life where I've thought, oh, I've given a lot to it. I've given my all. But actually, when I, when I, now when I compare and contrast, I'm like, oh, you, you, you gave barely anything compared to what you gave over those 18 weeks. It was like Sunday afternoons were dedicated to cooking food for the week, to ironing all my uniform, to packing all my bags early up Monday morning. 
I would always get in an hour early into training school so that I could polish my shoes. I have never polished shoes in my life. And I was doing it every day for 18 weeks. If you want that bald shoe, you come to me. I charge good competitive rates. Uh, polishing shoes, studying every evening for exams coming up and everything like that, training, stretching, all of that sort of stuff. Friday nights, come back up the road, unpack everything. It was like all-consuming, all-consuming. So much so, and I didn't admit this to Andrea at the time, but uh, our wedding anniversary, our one-year wedding anniversary, fell on uh, a weekend in November, and it happened to be in the middle of a two-week course that I was doing, which was probably the busiest two-week course out of the whole 18 weeks of training. So it was the middle of the two weeks, and at the end of the two weeks, we had three exams. We had two oral exams where we had to describe equipment, and then we had an exam where we, that was written and all these. And I remember, we, me and Andrea went on a hotel night away for our anniversary on a Saturday night, and I can remember we were sat there having dinner, and it was obviously all romantic. Andrea was saying, I'm so lucky to be married to you. What an incredible year it's been. Thank you so much, Nathan. You're so handsome. Just There's, been, there's not a thing that I can complain about. And I was sat there just going, in my head, going over the set description that I was going to have to do. Drager, personal safety system, 7,000. It's a self-contained two-stage open circuit. But you don't want to know all that. Obviously, Andrea wasn't saying all of that. It was actually a review. And she was saying, this is where these are a couple of areas where you've done all right. And these are areas, a lot of areas where you can improve. But it was funny how... I now look back on it and I'm like, that was all consuming. And yet we're, we're, we're now reading a verse that's saying, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I think to myself now, looking at that time in my life, can you honestly say all the time that you love the Lord God with all of those aspects? Can I honestly say that I wake up in the morning thinking about God, like I was waking up in the morning thinking about the fire service. Can I honestly say that I spend moments in my day, intentional moments, where I want to, want to think about him, want to speak to him, want to dwell on him, want to allow him to change me? And the truth is, which I'm sure will not come as a surprise to any of you, no, I can't. But I want to be someone that lives out this verse. I'm sure if you're here and you actually have a relationship with God, you want to be someone that loves God with everything. And, uh, and so that's why we're looking at this over the four weeks, and that's why we're looking at all the different aspects. And I think Jesus is quite helpful, because rather than just saying, love God with everything, he's actually broken it down for us. So actually, rather than just being like, love God with everything, and us going, oh, I don't really know how, he's gone, actually, love him with all your heart, with your emotions, love him with your soul. Now, soul, I think, is probably one that's a bit abstract to us sometimes. If someone was to ask you, what is a soul? Someone was to ask me before I started prepping for this, what is a soul? I'd have thought, oh, I don't really know how to explain that. And I think that's because soul goes a bit beyond the, the, what, what we can tangibly touch or feel or see or experience. That, that we know when it comes to heart, it can be emotions, it can be, it can be our joy. But when it comes to our minds, it can be our thoughts. When it comes to our strength, it can be physically. But what, what is our soul? What is our soul? And I think the soul is both deep, but it also affects everything that we do, right? Our soul, your soul, it's, it's deep in that it's hard to touch, it's hard to reach, it's hard to define, it's hard to explain, but also out of our soul comes everything we do in life. It comes our dreams and desires, it comes uh, how, how we live, it comes how we conduct ourselves. And so actually, loving the Lord God with our soul should affect every aspect of our life if we truly do that. A healthy soul. 
if we have a healthy soul, then I think the outworking of that means that when tough circumstances, when obstacles of life, when storms come, a healthy soul will be able to respond correctly and in a right way and in a healthy way, that it won't stumble us. It won't knock us off path. And uh, it, it also means that we'll have strong relationships. It also means we'll be secure in our purpose and our meaning. I, I, I think, and I, I come across a lot of people, and I have done in, in, in uh, my life, that have been serving God and loving God and wanting to put him first, and they're talking about like what their calling is and what they want God to do with their life. And I think, actually, rather than trying to define ourselves by the things that we do, if we actually have a healthy soul, we won't need to necessarily hear a voice from the Lord about what to do, but because we've got a healthy soul, that will work out in us following God in the right areas and putting him first in the right areas. But if we have an unhealthy soul, what does it mean? I think an unhealthy soul can find us having an absence of meaning. It can find us being bored. It can find us having self-obsession uh, and just lacking effort or willpower in life. Um, Will Carey says this. He says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. Imagine that. Imagine if today you got everything you ever dreamed of. And we see it. We see people out in the public eye and people that visibly are very successful. And yet you can also see that there are moments where actually maybe that's not the true answer to life. So, um, so there's, there's a passage that I think really summarizes what a healthy soul looks like, and it's Psalm 1. So I'm going to read it all. Um, the first psalm, so I think it kicks off the book of Psalms quite well here. And it says this, it should be on the screen. It said, blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Scoffer sounds like a very northwest term, just as an aside, doesn't it? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So, uh, so the, here's, here's two things from this passage that I think summarizes what a healthy soul is. It starts off by talking about the company you keep. So the people that you spend time with, not just necessarily the people you spend time with, but the people that you allow to impact you, the people that you allow to influence you. And then the second thing is our meaning in life. So it starts with about the company you keep, but then it's saying his delight is in dwelling on the Lord day and night. And then it says in due season, it will bear, he will bear fruit. So the soul, I think, is summarized by two things. It's summarized by our meaning and it's summarized by our purpose. Meaning and purpose, and our meaning is, uh, sorry, it's summarized by our meaning, and our meaning in life is summarized by our relationships and our purpose, our relationships and our purpose. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I've worked a few different jobs over the last few years of my life. I was working at the church that I grew up in over in England. That's where uh, we met Joe. Um, we like to call him our son. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, I was working at a church in England as a youth and young adults pastor for five years, and then I moved over here and helped plant the Hills Church, and I worked in the Green Cat Bakery in Eglinton. Shout out Green Cat Bakery, best raspberry white chocolate scones in the land. I then worked at a joinery where I was uh, doing computer software, 
and then now I am doing what you could say is my dream job as a firefighter. But this is the, this is the thing that I've reflected on over that time. I've worked, I've worked in a church, which you, which you could say is spiritually, you make, you're having a difference and making a difference. I've worked in my dream job as a firefighter, and then worked a couple of different jobs in between. But do you know what? Throughout those four different jobs that I've worked, there's not one where I've not had bad days. There's not one where I've not had good days. There's not one where I've felt like I've been doing well in life. There's not one where I've felt like I've not been doing well in life. And actually, I think sometimes we can get caught up in that actually what we're doing externally is what makes us fulfilled in life. Maybe we've fallen into the trap. It's about, it's about what's happening on the surface. It's about how we're performing. It's about how much money we're making. It's about how, how, how big our house is. It's about how many kids we've got. It's about how, how many people we're influencing, how many followers we've got on Instagram, all those things that actually, we can get convinced that it's what's happening externally. And I've worked a few different jobs where some you could say are more meaningful than the other. But the one thing I've realized is it doesn't affect how fulfilled I feel. What, what affected how fulfilled I felt was actually what was going on in my soul. Whether I was fulfilled in my soul, whether I was connecting with God in my soul. I think the most important thing is not necessarily what we're doing, but what we're allowing God to do in our life. And our soul desires to connect with him. Our soul desires to have a relationship with him. Our soul desires to put him first in everything. And that can be affected by the company that you keep. Has anyone noticed the more time you spend with certain people, the more language you use, certain, certain language or certain words or phrases you use? Uh, Andrea said something to me the other day, which I did laugh to myself, and I was obviously prepping this, so I thought, that's something to use on Sunday. She describes something in the, in the house as being bogging. <laughs> For those who don't know, Andrea is posher than I am. Posher English than I am. And she described it as bogging. Even having Joe around this week, right, I've started going, yeah, safe, man. <laughs> That's calm, is it? <laughs> That's how Joe speaks. Speak to him after. You'll be like, what on earth is this guy saying? Even down in Belfast, I was like, Atsus nay? Atsus nay? Peter's embarrassed by that. <laughs> your company shapes your character. Your company shapes your character. It shapes your priorities in life. And even like with the job that I'm doing now, there can, there, you need to work out the company and the, that you're holding and how it's impacting you, how it's impacting the, the way you speak, how it's impacting the morality you have and the choices you're making in life. That actually, I don't, think we, I, th I don't think you can overestimate how important it is the company that you keep. And even like, even like we should be surrounding ourselves with people that refresh our soul. You know when you come away from spending time with someone and you think, I just feel like, I feel like a bigger person from being with them. I feel like a better person. I feel like I can do more with them. I feel like I can achieve more because I've, I've, I've spent time with them. Get yourself around people that do that. We want the Hills Church to be part of that. That's why we've got groups for all different, different people. That's why we meet on Sundays because we believe in the power of the company you keep impacting you and saying you can achieve more, you can go for more, you can do more. We believe in you and we champion you on. And when you come away from them, it's like, oh, like, my soul has been alive because of the company that I've kept. So your company shapes your character, and that character will affect your soul. And then secondly, it's our purpose. It's our purpose. Um, Joel, if you want to throw Psalm 1 back up there, mate. 
So it says, um, doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit, its fruit in its season. And sometimes we can think that the way to please God is to bear good fruit. Sometimes we think it's the fruit of our life that pleases God. So, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly go to church on Sunday because I've, I've made a mistake this week. I've done something bad. I hear it all the time when I talk to people and some of the guys that I trained with and I say, oh, they're like, why are you here? Is, is it because of a woman? And I'm like, no, it's because I've helped start a church. And they're like, oh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't go down well if I was in church. No, lightning, lightning would come down and smite me. God would definitely smite me if I came to church. But actually, it's not about the fruit of our lives that God cares about. It's about the heart behind it. It's about our soul's desire. It's about our connection. And if you want to see good fruit in your life, it's not about trying harder. It's not about um, trying to be a better person. It's not, about, it's, not, it's not about any of those things that we can do. It's about actually just connect with God. Connect with God. There's this, there's this scripture talking about, um, talking about someone thriving in God. In, uh, and Paul and Apollos both impacted this person. And Paul says this, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God brought the growth. And I think if you want to see good fruit in your life, the outcome is not on your shoulders. The responsibility is not on your shoulders. That's on God's shoulders. God's the one who says, I will bring the growth. I will bring the fruit in due season. Your responsibility is just to trust me and to connect with me with your soul. Your responsibility is to love me with all of your soul. An unhealthy soul is all about metrics. It's all about numbers. It's all about performance-based. But a healthy soul is a way that we practice our faith. It's the way that we conduct ourselves. It's the way that our character is. It's the way that our temperament is. It's the way that we trust God for a certain outcome. But the outcome is not dependent on our faith with God. This is what um, David says in Psalm 41. He says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. I think that just shows us that our souls are reaching out to connect with God. Our souls are reaching out and desiring to connect with God. He even says this. I like this one because maybe you're going through a season in life where your soul feels low, where you feel challenged and you say, actually, I don't know if necessarily my soul feels healthy right now. This is what David says in Psalm 42, verse 5. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil with me? Hoping God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. What's the answer to having an unhealthy soul, to having a downcast soul? To put in our hope again in God. To put in our trust again in God. It's not about going, oh, I'm going to be a better Christian now, God. I'm going to try harder. It's just going, just put your faith again in me. Just remind yourself. Just remind yourself. And even if I'm honest, over this last season, I, and even preparing the message, God's not working me and saying, actually, Nathan, it's time to go again. It's time to put your faith in me again. It's time to hope in me again. I think a good indication is how you respond to challenges in life. Storms of life, obstacles, arguments. If relationships are breaking down, if there's frustrations, if there's bills, if there's speeding tickets, which happened to me the other day, how do you respond in those situations? In fact, even the other day, there was, a, there was something small. Our TV broke, right? Our TV broke, and I was in such a bad mood all day for our TV breaking. Just like, how am I responding in that moment? That doesn't sound like, to me, I had to check myself and go, that's not someone with a healthy soul. Someone with a healthy soul, the TV would break and they'd go, oh, it's not a bother. It'll all get sorted. It's just a TV. We've all got good health. We're all okay. How do you respond in those moments? So, 
to love the Lord your God with all of your soul. It's about our meaning. It's about our relationships and it's about our purpose. So if you want to have a healthy soul, get around people who build you up. Talk about God. Focus on God. Go all in it. And then remember that your purpose is not about performance or what's happening externally. It's about you connecting with God daily. God created humanity in order to have a relationship with them. That was their purpose. It wasn't for achievement. It wasn't for success. It wasn't for glory. It wasn't for fame. It wasn't for money. It was simply because he wanted to love and to be loved. And that's our purpose in life. Band, why don't you come back up and join us? This is what it says in John 15, verse 4. Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's have a good reminder today that the main aim in life is to connect with God. The main aim in life is to put him first. The main aim in life is to dwell on him, to think about him, to consider him, to talk about him, to allow him to change us from the inside out. So if everyone just wants to close their eyes, maybe you're here and you've never done that. Maybe you're here and you've come to church for the first time today or this is, this is a time where you've, you've come back and you've, you could say in your life, actually, I don't think I put God first in my life and I've never made a decision to put God first in my life. Or maybe you're here and actually you did in the past and since then you've kind of lived a different way and you want to actually make a decision today to say, I want to put you first again, God. I'd love to pray for you. We've got a prayer that will come up on the screen and I'll pray it and you can join in. Um, so if that is you, just so that we can pray together, um, if you would like to make a decision to follow God or like to make a decision to come back to God, why don't you just raise your hand and just let me know. Thank you. Thank you. There'll be a prayer on the screen. I'll just pray it and then you can pray it in your heart as well. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. If you, uh, if you did pray that prayer today for the first time or, or made a decision to pray that prayer today, then you can just go to Connect Corner after the service and we'd love to give you a, what we call a start pack, which has got a Bible in there and it's got a few ways in which you can put God first and live out of the response of that decision. But also, um, I just really felt as I was preparing and this was God was speaking to me through, in the, through the preparing of this message, that maybe today would be significant for some of us who have made that decision in the past. So why don't we all stand and we're just going to have a moment of response here. And I'd love to pray for all of us. So if you close your eyes and whatever way you want to want to show, show a response to God, whether it be holding out a hand or, or just if you want to pray whilst I'm praying or any way that you want to connect with God in this moment. Um, God's not judging you for the way that you've been or he's not saying, oh, you've dropped the ball there. Actually, all God desires in this moment is to connect. And he's saying, come back. Let's reconnect. Let's go again. So, if, if, so let's pray together. So Father God, we thank you that we love you because you first loved us. We thank you that we can have daily community with you. 
that you are accessible to us, that there doesn't need to be someone at the front on the stage with a microphone, but we can meet with you wherever we're at, whether it be at home, whether it be at work, whether it be in the playground. You're accessible to us all the time. And Lord, these words that Jesus said, love the Lord God, your God with all of your soul. We pray that our soul would reconnect with you. That you remind us that you've created us good. You've created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you've created us with a connection to you. So help us have a healthy soul again, Lord. May we not get concerned about the external, but may we care about, most importantly, our connection to the one who created us, to the one who loves us, to the one who's there for us, to the one who promises, I will bring fruit in its due season. So Lord, whatever we need to do today, whether it be speak to someone this afternoon, text someone, spend some time with you again, open up our Bibles, whatever it is to connect with you, we pray that you give us the strength to do it and that we would see you move in our life, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for checking out the Hills Church podcast. Hey, if this message has inspired or encouraged you in any way, why don't you share it with a friend? Hey, as well as that, we meet every Sunday at 11am at the Waterside Theatre and we'd love to see you at one of our services. But hey, thanks again for checking out the podcast. Why don't you subscribe to our channel?